I'm Kendra Sheets. And I'm Rich Gill. And this is Enough, a podcast that aims to shine light into the darkened corners of the music industry while discussing the ways we can and should improve ourselves and in turn our community. We're back. Happy New Year. A little late because it's February, but whatever. We were resting in January and hibernating and trying to recoup and recharge. So thank you for joining us on our very first episode of 2024. Welcome back to another episode of Subtext, our information-driven subset of this podcast. We are happy to be back, sort of. No, we are. It's good to be back. (laughs) Uh, We're going to try to remember how to do all this because it's been so long, but here we go. Let's get into it. To give everyone a little recap of stuff that happened towards the end of the year, 2023, in November, the Adult Survivors Act in New York closed. Now, for those of you who don't know what that was, it gave a one-year window to survivors of sexual assault whose statute of limitations had closed to file lawsuits against the person who harmed them. Because of that, a number of allegations and lawsuits were levied against musicians in November, including Justin Sane of Anti-Flag, Axl Rose of Guns N' Roses, and today's subject, Sean Combs, better known as Puff Daddy, P. Diddy, or just plain old Diddy. But before we dive in, let's share a little bit about who Diddy is, how he got his start, why he's been such a heavy hitter in the hip-hop game for more than 30 years, all of that getting to know you business. Let's get that out of the way. So his career started as a talent director at Uptown Records, where he worked with artists such as Jodeci and Mary J. Blige. After getting fired from Uptown in 1993, he started his own label, Bad Boy Records, where he rose to prominence with artists like Mace, Faith Evans, the aforementioned Mary J. Blige, and of course, the notorious B.I.G., helping to make all those artists household names in the mid-90s. His first album came out in 1997 and has been certified platinum seven times. He's released four other albums since, the most recent coming out actually last September in 2023. He produced a little show called Making the Band. If you are about my age, you will very much remember that and all of the episodes as I do. Oh, I remember that too. I said my age. (laughs) Or slightly older. Maybe. (laughs) He started his own clothing label, Sean John. He always won awards, including Grammys, and he co-founded a TV network and a news site called Revolt just about 10 years or so ago. So let's fast forward to late last year when a former girlfriend of his, Cassie Ventura, filed a lawsuit against him for sexual assault. As it so often happens in situations like this, that lawsuit opened the door for additional lawsuits being filed with multiple allegations of sexual violence that spanned the years 1990 to 2003. Companies cut ties with him. Macy's pulled Sean John clothing from their stores and ended their partnership with him. He stepped down as the chairman of Revolt TV. Hulu scrapped production for a planned reality show revolving around Holmes and his family. Which is fine because that sounds boring as shit. So whatever. I mean, it's not like like famous people. Family shows are so boring. And I watch like a ton of trashy reality shows. I mean, nothing is going to beat the simple life. So why do they keep making shows like that? Fact. (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
And yet, despite all of those other companies and organizations cutting ties with him, the television station BET and also Jackson State University, whom Combs had contributed $1 million to earlier in the year, refused to acknowledge the allegations. But Cassie's claims weren't even the first made publicly regarding abuse from Combs. So let's start where we always do in these types of situations, at the very beginning. Diddy has a history of abuse, not just against women, but against everyone from Drake to rival label heads to a coach at UCLA that oversaw a team that his son was currently on, which is a really bizarre story. So if you have some time, look it up. But we're just going to focus on the women that he's allegedly abused. Back in 2017, a woman named Cindy Ruella, pardon me if I botch your name, she'd been Diddy's personal chef. So she filed a lawsuit claiming that she was sexually harassed and retaliated against by Combs, among other things. The lawsuit was settled for an undisclosed amount in early 2019. Then, later that year, one of his exes, Gina Huynh, told a blogger that he'd abused her during their five years together. She said he stomped on her stomach, causing her to be winded, and that he punched her in the back of the head. Gina added that he was mentally and emotionally abusing her as well, and that everyone in his circle allowed it to happen. Nothing came of these allegations, and they were mostly swept under the rug. So fast forward to four years later, November 16th of last year, Cassie Ventura files her lawsuit against Diddy, which alleged that he raped her in 2018, abused her, intimidated her, and forced her to have sex with male escorts while he watched. And in a twist that I don't think anyone saw coming, the lawsuit also alleges that Combs went godfather on Kid Cudi and blew up his car to keep him from seeing Cassie. A rep of Cuddy's stated that those accusations are true. Diddy denied the allegations and added that Cassie said that she wanted $30 million from him prior to filing the lawsuit. One day later, on November 17th, the two settled for an undisclosed amount. Seems suspicious. A little bit. But that wasn't the end of it. As Richard mentioned... Something that we've seen many times before, when someone is brave enough to step forward and go public with their story of abuse, others who have faced similar treatment from the abuser tend to feel safe enough or empowered enough to speak up as well. Five days after that settlement with Cassidy, a Jane Doe, who was a former Syracuse University student, filed a lawsuit stating that back in 1991, Combs took her to dinner in New York. He then drove her to a recording studio where he drugged, raped, and recorded her, and then showed that recording to other people. Quote, Days later, a male friend revealed to her that he had viewed the sex tape along with other men, end quote, is what her suit states. Combs and his counsel, of course, deny the allegations. I find it interesting that they refer to the videotaped rape as a sex tape. Gross. It's weird, right? It's in yeah. quotes in the quote. But yeah. it's really bizarre that that's the phraseology that was yeah. chosen for that. Like that was something that had two uh, consenting parties. Right. It's super weird and gross. and Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Not shocking. No, not at all. Not in the least. Just continually, I'm just continually disappointed like a parent. I'm not shocked. I'm not mad at you. I'm just continually disappointed. Right. But I'm also mad at you. Never mind. <laughs> Now, as we said at the start, November 23rd of last year was the deadline for New York State's Adult Survivors Act. 
We actually touched on this subject in our last episode of 2023 with Karen Menzies and Sean Vincent, which we definitely suggest you check out for more information about the New York State Adult Survivors Act if you haven't already. Now, before this deadline last year, a second Jane Doe filed a lawsuit against Diddy. She stated that in the early 90s, he and singer-songwriter Aaron's Hall took turns raping her and one of her friends. She added that days later, he attacked her, he being Diddy, attacked her, choking her until she passed out. He was apparently worried that the two women would tell the woman Diddy was dating at the time what had happened. Interesting. So you choke him. That'll keep him quiet? Yeah, I guess so. And they are not done yet, folks. There is one more. On December 6th, a third Jane Doe, side note, I want to mention that every single person that we're talking about here, Sans Cassie, is a Jane Doe. That is because there is so much fear instilled in them from this very powerful person. Otherwise, they'd probably be coming forward with their actual names, but they're probably worried about seeking retaliation. We've seen this before. We've talked about this before. So please note, three Jane Doe's, all back to back. Also, I just want to point out, take a few minutes to Google the litany of awful, horrible, creepy, weird stuff that Sean Combs has been involved with throughout the years. Not to make light of the entire situation, but like in Zoolander, when they find out that like Mugatu's sidekick woman is like in every photo for the last like 40 years of every single crazy shitty thing that's ever happened. It's like that. No joke. When you look into it, it's like he was there. He was there. He was there. And you had no idea. So if you have the time, do a deep dive. There's a whole series of stories about the Uptown Records era and what exactly happened there when he was uh, dismissed of his position. That is also very strange. But we digress. We're talking about December 6th, a third Jane Doe files a lawsuit against Combs, against Daddy's House Records, and against Bad Boy Entertainment. This woman stated that in 2003, when she was 17 years old, she was raped by Diddy. Harvey Pierre, who used to be the president of Bad Boy Records, and one other man in Diddy's house studio in New York City. The whole thing, to me, just sounds like an R. Kelly kind of situation. So Pierre meets this Jane Doe in Detroit and said that Sean Combs wants to meet her. She was flown to the East Coast and then she was plied with alcohol and drugs. She was going in and out of consciousness. And that's when they took turns raping her. But she stated that Diddy assaulted her first and then watched the other two men have their turns, which seems to pair well with like some like big cuck energy that if you like read into some of these lawsuits, this happens a lot with him. It seems to be like his thing. It happens more than once. It seems a little strange. Like, and if you're into it, like no one's trying to yuck your yum unless you're this guy because he's a piece of shit. So fuck you. So anyway. So once she was able to get her bearings, able to stand again, she was basically thrown on a plane and sent right back to Detroit. And if that doesn't sound, at least the first half, like some R. Kelly shit, I I don't know what does. Unfortunately, R. Kelly ended up keeping all the women and locking them in a studio. So this ending was a little bit different, but it seems very similar in a lot of ways. Absolutely. Yeah. So on the day that this lawsuit was filed, we finally get a statement from Sean Combs. You know it was coming, so here it is. Enough is enough. 
For the last couple of weeks, I have sat silently and watched people try to assassinate my character, destroy my reputation, and my legacy. Sickening allegations have been made against me by individuals looking for a quick payday. Let me be absolutely clear. I did not do any of the awful things being alleged. I will fight for my name, my family, and for the truth. End quote. The very next day after that, singer-songwriter Tiffany Redd published an open letter to Combs via Rolling Stone stating that what Cassie had claimed was true. She discussed the party where Diddy allegedly separated Cassie from her friends and said that when they returned, they appeared intoxicated and that Combs was verbally abusive to both of them. She added that Cassie later told her that he had made her have a quote-unquote freak-off in which she described the sex with the male escort. Weird. So, where are we at with all of this right now? A few of the lawsuits have been settled, as we talked about, for likely a very large monetary amount. Hush money's real, y'all. We've seen it in a number of these cases. Others are still working their way through the courts and the legal system. But if Diddy's history is any example of what is to come next, there will be more altercations, more violence, more people coming forward, and likely more suits settled out of court. Enough is a podcast centering on surviving abuse, harassment, and assault in the music scene. To help get the word out, please like and subscribe and share with your friends. If you have been on the receiving end of harm from someone, be it artist, venue owner, booking agent, audience member, or someone else, and would like to share your story on a future episode, please reach out to us at thisisenoughpodcast at gmail.com. All correspondences are kept confidential.